Welcome to the Millionaire Maker Show, a podcast helping online coaches monetize their life's work and scale their businesses to create more time, more money, more freedom, and more impact. Now, with over 20 years of business building, coaching, and consulting experience, here's your host, author, speaker, and creator of the Millionaire Maker Coaching Funnel, Lindsay Anderson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Millionaire Maker Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Anderson, and I'm so excited to be with you today. Now, first of all, we have a killer episode up ahead. A colleague and a friend of mine, fractional CFO Carla Titus, will be joining us today to talk about really the important things that you need to be focusing on in your business in order to take it to the next level when it comes to your finances and some mindset issues you have around finances. And you will find the more that you look at your finances and take them seriously, then it will come back to you tenfold. So this is a very important episode as we go into 2024. But there's a couple of things I want to talk about first on this episode. And I have had a heck of a week. Now, last Friday, I got the call that most people dread ever since you were a young child. You think, boy, it's going to be really, really hard when something happens to my parents. Now, my mom actually ended up having a stroke. And I called my dad on Friday morning and I said, hey, dad, I'm coming home. And he didn't stop me. So that's worst case scenario. It was time for me to book a same day flight, hop on a plane and get out to my hometown Idaho Falls, Idaho. I show up there. We're caring for my mom, you know, who has definitely had a stroke. She's in the hospital. And it's Saturday morning, and I'm up visiting my mom and my family. Uh, and the nurse comes in to clean my mom's room. So we all decide to step out in the hallway. Well, I am out in the hallway with my dad and my brother and my sister-in-law. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking to myself, am I seeing stars. Now, big life pro tip now that I know what I didn't know. Instead of saying, am I seeing stars? What you really want to be doing is having a seat. You don't ask, you just sit. Well, that was some life experience that I hadn't had yet. And I ended up face planting into the concrete cement hospital hallway floor from a standing position right there next to my family. My face definitely is broken. I got 11 stitches. I have a broken nose that I have to go and get fixed this week. I've got a fat lip. And, you know, it was very difficult because we were there to support mom. And now all of a sudden, we got a medical situation of Lindsay on our hands. The first thing that I remember when I came out was, why is mom's neurologist staring at me? Because him and I had just had a really wonderful conversation about the Portland, Oregon school districts because he was from where I am currently from and moved to my hometown. So I knew exactly who he is. No better face than to see after you have passed out and are bleeding profusely is your mom's neurologist. Now, he was super kind. Uh, so many people came to help. I ended up being in the butt. So grateful to say that I haven't really even had any pain. I am certain I was in shock for the first couple of days after this happened, but I have yet to even take a Tylenol. So all things said and done, my face is healing. I'm so grateful to report 
that my mom is really recovering and I'm hoping she'll be able to get out of the hospital really soon. Uh, best case scenario, I get my resiliency from my mom. And so I'm so grateful to report that she is doing better. Now, what it made me realize is how grateful I am for my family, both extended family and my immediate family. When I came home on Monday, I was supposed to stay with my mom for a week, but I got to get back to the nose doctor to get this thing fixed. And coming home and being surrounded by people that I love, the really important people in my life, and as they looked at me in this state, really the hardest part of this entire thing was watching those individuals' faces that I love looking back at me. And this was in the hospital with my extended family. This was at home as my family just continually stared at my face. Now, for me, it wasn't so bad, but nobody was willing to back me up on. So I kind of had a big week. On Friday, a really big announcement came out that I am so excited to share with you. And this is something that I've been sitting on for almost an entire year. And that is, I have had the immense and amazing opportunity to be featured on an upcoming challenge-based reality TV show on Netflix. Now, the name of the show, it's called The Trust, A Game of Greed. And you do not want to miss this. This isn't your typical reality show. We're not on there trying to cause drama, trying to make people look stupid. This reality show is smart, and it really dives into the deepest aspects of human nature, and that is money and relationships. And I know a thing or two about that. It's what my clients pay me over six figures a year for, and that is three things. It's money, it's relationships, and it is strategy. So when Netflix reached out, asking me if I, if I wanted to be part of this project, I was so excited because it fit right into my skill set. So we went, we recorded this show, and I promise you, you do not want to miss this. As somebody who watches Big Brother every single summer, all three episodes all summer long for the last 15 years, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is predicted to be one of the best reality shows in 2024. You do not want to miss this. And I was there. I know. Trust me, this will be the best show of the year. Everyone will be talking about it. Now, as for me, I'm super excited to be on the show. As I mentioned, it really fits into my skill set, money, relationships, and strategy. And when I went into the house, I was really relying on those skills. So make sure to mark your calendars for January 10th. Of course, I'll be sharing even more about this really exciting project of mine as we get closer and closer to January 10th. If you want to be on the email list so you don't miss anything, make sure you head over to lindsayay.com and sign up as an insider. Now, as I'm coming into all of these big announcements and I get home from my mom's house, I have my annual masterclass that I teach every single year where I set up for small business owners those things that you need to be watching out for as we approach 2024. 2024 is different than any other year that you have ever had in your online business. And I don't care if you've been running it for five years or for 20 years. Next year is going to be rapidly changing. And if you do not focus on the right things, 
you will be left. Your competitors will overtake you and you won't be able to generate the revenue you need in order to create more time, more money, more freedom, more impact. And that is for two reasons. Number one, AI. It is moving extremely quickly. It is moving so fast and you need to keep up with that. The second thing is competition. Everybody's quitting their jobs. Everybody wants the life of freedom and impact and to have a million dollar business. And so competition is high. Now you can get around that. You follow me. You listen to what I say. I'm always on the cutting edge and I will tell you what to look at. Well, my masterclass, and as you can see, I get extremely passionate about sharing this information with you because it is my little way of changing the world is helping you help find more of those right fit clients that you can actually make a huge impact for. And so this was a serious decision. I have a broken nose. My mom's had a stroke. I've had a very traumatic week. Do I give this master class? Well, for most people, they would say, absolutely not. I'm not going to give this master class. But for me, and listen up, because this is available for everyone. If you set up the systems in your business to where your business serves you and not the other way around, do what I did, which is come home on Tuesday from having an extremely horrific accident nursing my mom and everything for my masterclass is already done. Quite literally, because I invested in the systems in my business and we set up the calendar and I knew what I was going to teach and all of the marketing was done because it's all part of a process. There are no questions. Should I do that? Should I do that? What did I do last time? What do I need to remember? How am I not starting over from scratch? And because it was all there and the team, the machine that was, the team I built, the systems I built continued on. So do I want to give that masterclass on Wednesday? Yes. Did it take me more than a couple of hours to prep for what I was going to say, making sure I had my notes together and do anything besides do some prep on a script I already had and show up on camera to serve my community? And that's exactly what I did. And I credit my business out of everything that I am so grateful for right now in my family, in my household, in my life, my health, my wealth my relationships, my mom is on the mend. I had a horrific accident. It came back, best case scenario. The one thing that really stands out as something I'm grateful for is the way I set up my business. And it is for everyone. And the benefit is, the benefit of setting up your business this way is that when you set up your business and you slow down to speed up, you actually know what you're gonna sell. You're gonna work backwards and develop a marketing campaign that supports that then your business will also grow. And this is where you get into a space where your business serves you and not the other way around. But it takes work and it takes strategy. You're not going to back into this. This is MBA kind of stuff. We've implemented it into what we do every day, the marketing and the sales systems, the step-by-step -step strategy. And when you take your business serious like that, you will grow and your business will serve you and not the other way around. Now, for everybody who has reached out and sent your well wishes and your love and your healing vibes and your checking in and your and you're just making sure you're okay. Thank you so much. The community 
means so much to me. I've done this for 20 years. And a huge benefit of this whole thing is all of the people that I've served for 20 years when I'm hearing from people that I haven't heard for for 10 or 15 years. That mixed with new people that have joined the community. I just want to say a great big thank you to absolutely everybody who has supported me through last week and for reaching out. Now, before I hop into this interview with Carla, make sure you check out Lindsay Phillips' podcast for all things podcast guesting related. Are you seeing the rise in entrepreneurs using podcasting to grow their business? And maybe you wonder how to host or guest on a podcast in a way that will help you generate authority-boosting content that attracts your ideal client. Or maybe you're looking for a way to stand out and optimize your podcasting efforts to skyrocket your ROI. I'm Lindsay Phillips, host of Leverage Your Podcast Show, where I bring insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, who have created a successful online business through podcasting. So join me every Wednesday morning as we drop a new episode sharing tips, tools, and strategies that cover all parts of podcasting, from launching to editing, from guesting to speaking, to lead conversion and monetizing so you can leverage podcasting for your business. Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to start listening. Now, let's hop into today's episode. Carla, welcome to the show. So excited to have you on today. Thank you for coming on and being a guest. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about our conversation today. Carla, tell everybody what it is that you do. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Carla Titus, founder and CEO of Wealth and Worth Within. We are a fractional CFO firm that provides consulting and advisory services to grown businesses. Um, the role of the fractional CFO or just a CFO in general is to set the financial direction of the company, uh, make sure we're execution, executing towards the goals, defining what those goals should be, uh, and making sure that you know, you're paying yourself and that you're profitable. And as you grow, uh, controlling the costs as well as the areas of investment and opportunities that we might seek for expansion. So can you speak to us just a little bit about when you look at coaching businesses specifically, Carla, what are those big areas of improvement that coaches should be paying attention to? Yeah, so coaches should be striving for uh, having a high margin because as we know, coaching businesses can have very little cost and still be very, very profitable. Margins for, you know, coaching businesses are as high as 50 to 70%. And that is because there's just not a lot that you need to be able to sell your services. Uh, maybe you need a website, maybe you need a little bit uh, of payment structure to process, you know, payments from the people you're serving. But otherwise, you know, maybe some software for automation. There's not a lot of cost with launching or scaling a consulting or coaching business especially if you pay attention, because there could be areas that you're spending more than you need to, to just do what you do and making sure that you're charging enough. That's another area that we always focus on, uh, the pricing structure and understanding how that's driving the overall profitability of the business. Um, so if you're not collecting those high margins, I will love for you to look at what are you spending your money on and are you charging enough for your expertise and your knowledge uh, for the people that you're serving. Okay, so are you saying that I open up QuickBooks and I go, is it as simple as this, Carla? I go look at my expenses 
and then I go and look at what I'm what I'm bringing in, and if those two things don't equal a fifty to seventy percent margin, I need to raise my rates. Either you need to raise your rates and also match the value with that, you know, raising of the rates, of course, to make sure people are paying <laughs> for what they perceive as the value you're delivering. And also just auditing some of the expense side to see, are you paying for things that maybe you're not using anymore? Uh, things that used to save you time, but no longer serve you. Uh, maybe you're paying for a very expensive coach that is not helping you make results happen. Uh, you know, just evaluating that ROI or return on investment, the benefit you're getting for the expenses that you do have on your business. And a good way to start is opening up QuickBooks and looking at the line items that you're spending money on in the last six months and do an expense audit and just understand like the things change and sometimes things we used to pay for, we no longer need, or maybe you need to add additional costs to your overall structure to help you grow and scale to those higher margins. So sometimes it's not about taking things away. It's allocating to the right areas. Okay. Can you give me like an example of that? Something that you've seen or something that coaches typically miss? Yeah. So sometimes we'll look at the marketing or advertisement side of the business to help them grow. So we might take a margin hit temporarily as we're scaling the business. And on the other side of that, we see revenue increasing because of those marketing activities. Uh, maybe there's SEO optimization or things that you've done that are now paying off and it requiring an investment upfront that then yield the results down the road that allow you to get those 50 to 70% margins over time. So it might not look pretty at first, but we are investing for that growth and scaling in the future. And it's important that you keep an eye and monitor what is happening with your margins during the time that you're investing so that you know you are getting the results you expect. Or if you're not, you maybe pull back on some of those expenditures if they're not the right strategy. Okay, so now marketing can be a little tricky that way, Carla, because a lot of marketing is long term, a lot of marketing. It's hard to point back to that marketing situation equaled customers. How do we how do we get around that? We need to start mapping out where the last 10 customers came from and understand if you're not collecting the data, by the way, that's step one. Make sure you yes. understand the relationship between your marketing strategy to paying customers and cash in the bank. And if you don't, it's time to start tracking that and create a method to do that. Um, so let's say you do strategy A and strategy A is bringing you 100 people and that are those 100 people, you're converting 10% of that. So you have 10 new maybe inquiry calls or, you know, inquiries in general that could convert to paying clients. So you need to first make sure you can collect the right data, uh, then understand that marketing strategies do take time. And the thing that I want people to think about when investing in marketing is the consistency and discipline that it takes to continue on your marketing and also understanding what are the results of that marketing that you are starting to see or not see over time. And then decide when is a good checkpoint to either cut your losses and move on or double down because it's working so well. And that doesn't happen unless you look at the data. Yes. And a lot of people that I help, they tend to like throw spaghetti at the wall of marketing and they're just frantically trying to bring these customers in and please come, come, come. And you can be very emotional about business. But when Absolutely. you bring in someone like yourself and you're like looking at the numbers and you know where your customers came from and you know 
in theory, that marketing campaign was really amazing. But when you look at your balance sheet, you can't argue with the numbers. And it really, when you make a data-driven approach for your business, it really can help you uh, get unstuck and, and, and be more profitable. Yeah, just because you have people paying attention to what you're doing doesn't mean that they're going to be paying you money for your services. Just because they follow you on social media or just yeah. because they read your newsletter doesn't convert to paying clients and cash in the bank. So we need to really understand that relationship between what are we, how are we showing up the visibility we're doing in our business? How consistent are we about that instead of just trying different strategies every day? <laughs> Stick with one or two, see which one is driving results. Are you converting? And then do more of that. And I think that's where people get very impatient and quickly try to pivot all the time. They're all over the place and then they have no idea what creative results for them. Yes. Yes. And I want to go back to this idea of I coach people through this process of maybe you have a launch and they brought in 20 new customers. Like it is a process of writing those customers on a spreadsheet and saying, where did they come from? Did they click on an ad? Did they click on an email? Or is there a secret way to know where these customers came from versus just kind of like looking around? Yeah. So there is a few ways. So for our business, what we do is we ask that question on the intake form before scheduling a call. So we're trying to gather the information in real time and saying, do you hear us on a podcast? Do you find us at a conference? Do you follow us on social media and decided to reach out to us? So we're very specific about collecting the data in the moment because customers forget. They have no idea where they found you. If you ask them two months later, they won't be able to tell you. So when they are initially reaching out, it's a great time to gather that. So now you're starting to automate part of the process because you're already collecting that upfront and then you can see the patterns. 10 people found me on a podcast, two people found me on conferences, three were by referral. And then you start to see patterns on what is working well. And then when we get on that call with a client or do a follow-up email, we can ask further details. Oh, where did that referral come from? Was that from Lindsay? you know, talking to you about my business, was it from another friend that connected us that was a mutual friend? And then you start to realize that's where my clients are coming from. So I'm going to go do more of that. And then you can double down on your visibility strategy by putting more effort behind it and time and money even. Um, and again, if you're going to try something new like ads, just know you need to add that to your list of options that people can choose from on how they found out about you when they're making oh. that inquiry. I love that. Any other, anything else I need to know there? That was a pretty hot tip. Thank you, Carla. Well, I think that just in general, if you have a system, it doesn't have to be a CRM, but just a way that you are tracking your prospects and moving them along the way to paying clients, you should understand the timing on when this all happens too. Because I think a lot of people miss that. It maybe takes three months for you to convert someone to paying client, and you would have no idea unless you're tracking this process along the way. So we're really big on, in our own system, understanding when was the call date, when was the inquiry date, when was the proposal sent, when did they become a paying client so that we know, or if they declined to be a paying client, then we know why, <laughs> or start to understand, you know, what happened in the process so we can improve on it. So find a way to do that. It could be pen and paper. It could be a spreadsheet. It could be a fancy CRM. I honestly don't care as long as you have the data and you can look at it and review it to see what's working, then you can do more of it. Tell me, Carla, I want to come back to this timing situation, especially when it comes to, to coaching. And it does require a certain level of intimacy and trust for people to actually purchase a high ticket coaching program from you. Can you expound on that or share, share with us some benchmarks around that? 
Yeah. So I think that people um, don't realize that the time and effort that goes into selling a $300 coaching versus a $3,000 coaching package, it's almost just as much time and effort. And the difference comes in the value proposition and how you articulate that, right? Obviously, the client or someone who's paying for this needs to see the value of your $3,000 offer versus your $300 offer. And you need to clearly deliver that value as well, right? So it's just saying, this is $3,000, buy it for me. It's, can you have a transformation that is worth more than $3,000 that people are willing to pay for? So communicating the value is critical. And then the effort of promoting and landing a $3,000 client versus a $300 client tends to be the same. So if you're going to go for it, you might as well package something of higher value and sell it for the right price point because you will also attract better clients that are just eager to fast track their way to the transformation and don't care how long it takes you, how much effort it is, as long as you get it done for them, that's all they care about. Um, so something to keep in mind, especially when you are trying to attract the higher paying clients is that they also have high expectations on the transformation and can you actually meet those expectations and deliver in a professional way as well, because they do want you to kind of lead the way and expect more of that leadership um, role than you would if you're selling just a $300 product. Yeah, you have to offer the value and the transformation. But the fact is, when it comes down to just the marketing itself and like, how am I conveying the value of the $300 thing and like the words and the positioning and the niching, like there's a lot of work. The hard part is getting someone to trust you enough to actually pull out their wallet and give you money. The amount of money, of course, goes into the marketing and the niching and the positioning, but like it's hard either way to get someone, not hard, but it takes a strategy either way to get someone to pull out their wallet. They're not just going to say, oh, it's $300. It's all oh, here's my $300. They're going to be as attached to that $300 as they are to their $3,000. That's kind of the point. Yeah, you have to nurture that. And I think sometimes what happens is people like to complicate the process of selling. And instead of saying, here is a way you can sign up, let's do it right now. Can we get you on the schedule? They go through a 12-step funnel process to convert them and the client is lost a step two and they go away. And you made it hard for them to give you money. So why do we make this so hard? Think about it from the perspective of the paying client. They want a problem solve and they want to solve right now. And if you can put something in front of them that will solve that pain point and they agree that the value is there and the price is right, they are ready to give you money. So why would you put them through a 12-step process to give you money? Just say, I am ready to take your payment right now. Do you want to sign up? Instead of, yes. I'll follow up with you 12 more times before you give me your credit card information and sign up you know, for a contract. Let's go back to margins and talk some more about margins. So I love the coaching industry and the coaching business because of the margins. I run a digital marketing agency as well. And the margins on the coaching side are just amazing. Can you expand on on that a bit and what your experience has been helping like how profitable and impactful a coaching business can be because of the business model? Yeah, so you can run a very lean operation, meaning you do not need a lot of supporting staff. You do not need to pay for rent. You can really do it very, very lean if you're strategic about it. And so what we want to do is start with a budget or a plan and say, what are the minimum requirements and team and, you know, tools that we need to be able to do what we do? Then there's the nice to haves, and you can add those if you like. 
um, over time, choose a few of those. But just keep in mind that A, nice to have you add on. You're taking a hit on your profit that you could be taking home. And then more so than anything, I want to make sure that you are prioritizing paying yourself. I think a lot of people have made you know, comments around, oh, I'll, one day I'll pay myself. It's okay. I won't, I don't have to do that right now. And what ends up happening is over time, you resend your business, you are not taking what you need out of it. And then you just want to, you know, quit and move on because you're like, this is not worth it. Um, I'd rather get paid uh, a salary working a job. And it's got to be better than a job, right? We want to make sure that you're paying yourself enough to build personal wealth, that you are over time as a business grows, allowing yourself to get to that market rate that you should for the work that you're doing. And if at first you're just paying yourself a little bit, it's all about starting with the discipline and the habit of paying yourself. And over time, you can always grow that number. And so those are the type of costs that I want you to start prioritizing in your business. What is the team? What is the tools? And what is paying myself look like before you do anything else. And then when you want to, you know, redo your website or uh, start paying for ads, start to plan for that ahead of time so that you're not caught by surprise and that you're always taking a look at your margins before making those commitments so that you know as you're forecasting out what those costs are going to be, that you know you can't sustain them, that you know you have, your revenue is able to afford you those things. And as you're Business grows, those demands are going to grow. So you can increase them over time and start adding more things to your list of costs, being mindful of that profitability and those margins that we've been talking about. Great, great advice. I want to double down on this thought of paying yourself and how do we know how much we should be paying yourself? And if the business isn't profitable, how do we, why do we, should, why should we still pay ourselves? I think paying yourself should be one of the highest priorities in your business because you are the person that is making it all happen. And there's got to be a benefit to you doing this. Uh, otherwise, like I said, you know, you might as well go collect the paycheck because if it's not better, then what's the point? And when you're first starting, everybody has been there, right? You might not pay yourself the full rate yet, but your goal has to be to get to that full rate eventually. And that doesn't happen by accident. It happens with an intentional plan and goals that you need to achieve as you grow your business, starting with what your revenue should be. You need to have a plan to grow that over time. What are the new services you're going to provide or existing services that you're pricing differently over time as you gain more experience? And what I see often with uh, coaching and consulting is that people have really good experience they're bringing to the table, but they devalue themselves because they think they're just starting out. And that's where mm -hmm. I have a hard time with, oh, you have 20 years of whatever type of experience, but you want to charge like you just got out of college. I'm sorry, because why? This happens all the time. Yes. Yeah. And being new doesn't discount your 20 years of experience. So just keep in mind that you are bringing a lot to the table. You are helping clients solve problems a lot better, faster, quicker because of your 20 years of experience. So you should charge for those 20 years of, of experience you're bringing to the table instead of saying, well, I'm new to this, so I'm not comfortable charging you know, $50 an hour because I'm not sure what I'm doing. You will figure it out. You're a smart person. You have started a business. You obviously know a thing or two. And then over time, you get more confident and you start to raise your prices and charge really what your true rate should be based on your previous experience. And I just want to make sure people are not discounting that off the get-go because I see them struggling, um, you know, hitting the revenue goals when they should be making way more money based on just what they already know. And then adapting it to this new venture that they're doing, but doesn't take away 
the knowledge and expertise they already have. Um, just make sure that you, whatever price you come up with, you're saying it with confidence and that you truly believe that you are delivering the value for that. Because clients can see through when you're hesitant and you're not sure if you should be charging that amount and they'll start to question it. So make sure you practice and get on those sales calls. Keep selling it. Keep practicing. Keep getting used to that price point, being comfortable. And over time, you'll see you have no problem charging that amount. Um but, you know, that is where I really think there's a big opportunity for a lot of consultants and coaches to really be driving their towards their revenue goals and be able to afford the things that they need to have a successful business long term. I love that, Carla. Good, good advice. Good advice. Let's talk about forecasting. Yeah. All right. Forecasting. And so for, for a lot of coaches, they're like, how can I forecast it? I can't even like depend on how many people I closed on the last launch. Like, how am I supposed to predict what's happening a year from now? What's your advice around that? So I'll say that um, obviously I've been doing this a long time. So it is a art, not a science, and you need to practice to get good at it. So if you're just starting with forecasting, just know that it's going to be wrong. The question is, how wrong are you? <laughs> and can you okay. get better at it over time? Right? So we've been doing this a while. So obviously we're better at asking the right questions and knowing what could go wrong? What is the upside and opportunities? And if you haven't done it before, it's going to be hard at first. And you will learn from that. So go take a stab at it. Say, okay, I'm going to set a goal to get, let's say, three new clients in the next three months. And by the way, you can start with a shorter window of time if that's more comfortable. Obviously, we can forecast five years out. You might be like, I can only forecast one month out, right? Because yeah. I'm trying to learn how to do this well. So start with one or three months. Let's make it simple, right? Let's say our goal is three new clients in the next 90 days. What would need to happen for you to make that a reality? Because this is where forecasting is it, the starting point, but then you need an action plan to execute to getting those three clients in the door. And the assumptions that go with that plan of I'm going to get three new clients is really where the action steps come from. So you assume that you're going to talk to 100 people in the next 90 days and that you you're going to have a certain conversion rate to inquiry calls, and maybe you'll get 10 people on an inquiry call if that's your process. And then out of those 10 people, three will buy. And so you know now you need to go find those 100 people. So now your goals are no longer just a pie-in-the-sky number. Now you have actions to take to execute towards a goal. And if you only talk to 50, guess what? You might not get the three clients, or you might get lucky and you actually land three clients anyways. So this is where the forecasting really starts to meet execution and really helps you start to achieve those goals by moving the needle in the right direction. But again, it's not going to happen unless you start to think about what are your projected goals? What do you want to achieve? And then walk backwards from that to what I need to be doing today, tomorrow, and the next week to be able to get towards that goal and start to monitor and track performance against that goal as well. And so are you saying that you want to start with your forecast and all of your business goals and everything will be derived from that? So it's just such an essential part of doing business because you will never achieve your goals if they're not like clearly laid out with an action plan to get there and forecasting is how to get there is the ultimate goal. That's exactly right. Financial planning and proactive forecasting and projections is going to help you get the clarity you need 
on what are we trying to achieve, what direction are we going, and what do we need the outcomes to be? So then you can create that strategic plan on action steps that will get you to those goals. And then you'll know if you're on track or off track to meet those goals because you've set the goal already and now you're working to achieve that over time. For those that don't know, can you just share with us what would be on a forecast like that? What kind of numbers are they looking to put on there? Yeah. So you should have in your case for a coaching business number of people that are going to be paying clients, the price point that you're going to be charging. There might be several different price points. So if you're doing like a group program versus say one-on-one versus a facilitation for a corporation, which maybe you're priced differently, you know, um, you got to know how many of each of those types of services will you be selling and how many people you'll be serving in those. So you can start to create a projection around revenue or sales that you need to achieve. And then on the cost side, you want to make sure you're not forgetting about things that you pay for once a year, things that you pay for uh, every month, things that um, you maybe want to upgrade to over time, because you might not start with the you might start with a free software and then you want to upgrade to the extra features over time. So you want to put that in your projections of in six months from now, I might upgrade on that software because it saves us time, effort, and energy. Um, you might want to put on your plan people you're going to bring onto the team to support you, the hires, employees, or contractors that you're going to want to add over time as you continue to grow. So you're proactively mapping out all the needs the business will have before it has happened so that when things start to go in the right direction and you start to grow, you're not caught by surprise reacting to everything that's happening, but you have proactively planned ahead and know, oops, by the time I get to $10,000 a month, I need to bring in an assistant. By the time I get to $20,000 a month, I'm going to have two staff members that help me with my group program and help me deliver uh, one-on-one. And by the time I get to $30,000 a month, I will have a person that pitches me to corporations to get those contracts in place because I know I'll need more support over time. And you start to delegate and outsource, and that's how we grow and scale a profitable business. So important, you guys. So easy. You make it sound so easy there, Carla. Well, so finances can be simple and easy if you have the right processes and systems in place and that you're intentional about managing your money and not letting your money just control you. Um, being intentional in your business is everything because this is what's going to get you to be strategic, to make decisions based on data and start to put, you know, your gut instincts pair with data to good work, to make better decisions. And again, things don't happen by accident. I hear a lot of business owners. I'm just winging it. Um, they're hoping and praying. Hope is not a strategy, people. And I want to bring in the data back into the conversation to say, Things won't just happen because we wish for them. They're going to happen because we're intentionally taking the right actions and going towards the right goals and taking the right steps to execute consistently to get to those goals. And on the flip side of that, everyone here listening can have a highly profitable coaching business that generates plenty of revenue if you follow the steps. Now, executing the steps, like take some willpower and some knowledge and all these kind of things, but it is available for everyone. It's like a step-by-step -step process. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we're always happy to help our clients and people who maybe struggle with doing some of this on their own because we know you're busy. Business owners have a lot on their plate and sometimes they just rather outsource or delegate. 
because they're just like, I'm not good at this. I don't enjoy it. Or I know I have to do it, but I need accountability of a partner that comes in to help me do this and have that conversation and partner with to create those plans. And that's where I think our services um, tend to be a really good fit for people who understand the importance of doing this, but maybe don't carve out the time or can't hold themselves accountable. Because again, we got a lot going on, right? This is just one piece, but it's one critical aspect of managing business. Money touches everything and it will be the thing that gets you out of business if you don't manage it well. And it should drive, it drives your marketing decisions. It should drive everything because like the numbers are there. So it gives you that information. Exactly. It does. If you put yourself in the driving seat when, from the financial perspective, your business will be so much better off. What is your advice around someone investing in a marketing campaign? Maybe they find like an ad camp or like some ads that they want to run or a, a new marketing strategy you want to try. What is your advice? I love testing new strategies. Like it's what lights me up. My business owners and clients are like so happy to try something new and see what happens. My advice is first do a minimum test, like a minimal viable product test before you put all the money behind it and all the effort behind it. Also, Prepare yourself financially with a cash runway where you can't afford to invest in this strategy consistently for a few months because you will not see results right away and then you'll exit too early right before the results were about to happen. So we want you yes. to have the cash cushion available to devote to this investment for a minimum of two to three months or whatever your marketing person thinks is the appropriate length of time for that strategy to work. And then consistently measure results, see if it's moving the needle. And then once you have proof of concept and this strategy has worked for you, then you might want to consider doubling down or 10xing the investment on that. I'm not saying that it will 10x your results, but it could have a better likelihood of better outcomes if it has worked once before that it would do well. So before you throw $10,000 a month on it, start with $1,000 or $2,000, see if it works, and then go invest the $10,000 after that once you know it works. I like that. And I just want to reiterate this point, which is marketing typically doesn't work in panic mode. Like I haven't really known anybody that has three weeks to do this thing. And here's the new marketing thing. Like your emotions and the strategy will not be there. Marketing works better over long term. So if you have that cash cushion, as Carla mentioned, your marketing process will be so much more impactful and have way better results because you're giving it time and you're not, you can't market freaking out. It just doesn't work. Well, clients can smell desperation, so they're not going to want to work yeah. with you if you're in panic mode. So like, you've got to calm yourself down. you got to, you know, if you need to create the cash cushion in some way through personal funds or taking out a loan or debt. And we leverage that very um, carefully when it comes to what we want to do with a business. And we have a debt payoff plan always whenever clients want to go that route. We don't take debt lightly. We want to make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons and that we can access the right amounts and invest intentionally in some of these things. But you're right, Lizzie, it's not going to happen tomorrow that you want to have 10 clients because you're desperate for money. You need to have planned this three months ago, a few months ahead, so that the strategy has time to work and make sure that you're coming from a empowering place where you feel confident about your investment and that if you desperately need 10 new clients, you need to just go get those right now. Have the well, conversation, sign them just up. Go get yeah, go contracts, right? Like the marketing is not going to save you for in doing that quickly. So don't rely on your marketing expert to bring you the 10 clients tomorrow. It's not going to happen. 
So let's be realistic about the timeline. That's why I talked about the timeline to converting, because it's important for you to know how long does your marketing need to be running in order for it to work. And that'll help with you having more accurate forecasting because you know it takes three months for somebody to get on my email list to actually get on a call and I close 10% of those. So you can start seeing these numbers, yeah. which takes out the, the scariness of the business and the instability that a lot of people can build a business where they can remain confident in their business that their business can continue to support them in their financial goals and they feel like some security there. Exactly, yeah. And I think once you start to pay attention to your money and start managing it proactively, you will feel the clarity, sense of peace and comfort that your business is going to be here for the long term and that you can run a profitable, successful business as well. I love that. Okay, Carlin. Now, a lot of coaches struggle with mindset around money. It's like one of the biggest things that hold coaches back is our beliefs around money and just our general attitude. What is your advice about that? Um, start with giving yourself grace. Nobody taught you about money, maybe. Maybe some of you know more about money than others. And it's okay not to know. What you want to do is start to educate yourself so that you can start to feel like you can be in control of your money. And that is, it doesn't matter where you're starting from, either from knowing a lot or not at all. It doesn't matter. You can start today by learning about money. Maybe you want to work with a you know money coach or someone in mindset. We do a lot of work around money mindset with our clients because I think there's a lot of deep programming that needs to happen where we start to see numbers as just numbers instead of emotionally being attached to the results, which is really hard. It doesn't happen just because we want it to happen and be like, oh, so we're good. We're just looking at data. No, um, we have feelings about the results that we have in our business, but at times we do have to decouple the business success from our own identities as the business owner. That the goals, the money doesn't define you, uh, whether or not you are successful, you as a person. This is the business that's either failing or doing well, right? It's not you are a failure or your business, you are a successful business owner because of it. Um, so there's a you part and then there's the mindset around owning this entity that you're trying to grow and create over time. And at first, the results might not be what you want them to be. It's okay to feel disappointed about the results. It's okay to be angry or mad about things not going the right way. But what we're doing is we start to use that as the benchmark, as a starting point to improve upon. And what I always tell clients is it doesn't look pretty now, but what about in six months, in a year from now? It might look better, but we wouldn't know unless we look at where we're starting from. So don't be afraid to just see where you're at and then how can you improve 1% better every month, 10% uh, better every month. And before you know it, um, your numbers are start going to start to shape up and look better than. But if you don't put attention to it because you're too caught up on the mindset of, I don't like this, this sucks, or I'm not making it. Everybody else is successful out there. I'm telling you from the CFO perspective, I've seen their PLs behind closers. And I'm telling you, people say they're successful. I can tell you they're not. <laughs> their profits don't show that. So don't buy into the lies of, you know, I'm a seven-figure business owner and they don't pay themselves, they're not paying their taxes and they have no profit left. So I don't care if you are a seven-figure business, if you can't produce profit and pay yourself and pay your taxes. So let's not buy into the lies. Six-figure businesses making $100,000 with a 70% margin, taking home $70,000 a year are way more successful than those million-dollar businesses that are not cutting it. So. Just know that I've seen it from my perspective, from the seat I'm in, 
And not all the things that are shared on social media are true. So just make sure that you focus on your business. What works for you? What do you need to take out of your business from a profit perspective, from paying yourself, making sure you're paying your taxes? And then don't worry about the rest because you will scale, you will work on it and you will have intentional planning and goals that you set up because you heard this episode and you're going to go do that now to make sure that you are thriving in your own terms. I love that, Carla. We, we experience that a lot too. It's just like the coaches and they, they're saying they have a seven-figure business and you look at their financials and they just, they don't. So it's, it's pointless to even go there or approach it. What you want to be looking at is your own numbers. You keep your eye on your own prize, increasing those numbers. That's all that matters. Yeah. And like revenue is a vanity metric. You can be as big as you want, but at the end of the day, there's nothing left in profit. And what's the point? So I'd rather you be smaller, but way more profitable with those 50 to 70% margins. Going back to that beginning of the conversation, than being a seven-figure business that breaks even or even loses money every year. They're not talking about that because if we went to profit, the bottom line, a lot of them would not be talking about it because they would be embarrassed of their results. So just keep that in mind when you're hearing those stories and really focus on your profitability because this is really ultimately all that matters. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Carl. What a great conversation. So I love this conversation. We're at the end of our time now. So I'm going to turn the time over to you. Tell everybody anything that you want us to know and how to contact you for more awesome information. Yeah, for people who are looking for a fractional CFO to join their team, I'm partnering with them in solving problems and helping, you know, set up the goals in the financial plan. You can contact us at wealthworthwithin.com dash contact, and you can set up a free call. We would love to talk to you. Um, we are taking on new clients. And then for those of you who maybe want to stay in touch and down the road want to hire a CFO, make sure to sign up for our newsletter on our website. We do only a once a month email. We don't want to spam anybody. And we tell you what we're up to and what things we're doing and what offers and then some free educational content that we all uh, that we want to share with everyone so that they can get better at their finances and their business. And then if nothing else, follow us on social media at Wealth Worth Within. We're always putting a lot of free content and education to empower you on your journey to scaling a profitable business. I love that, Carla. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a great conversation. So there you have it. Another really awesome episode of the Millionaire Maker Show. Make sure you catch us every single Tuesday when I drop a new episode. One more time for everybody in the really amazing community that has reached out. Thank you so much for extending your warm wishes to myself and my mom. I truly, truly appreciate you reaching out. It has meant the world to me. So there you have it. Another great episode here of the Millionaire Maker Show. Cheers to you and your success. Thank you for listening to The Millionaire Maker Show with master business coach and creator of The Millionaire Maker Coaching Funnel, Lindsay Anderson. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Until next time.